I'm Dr. Greg Popcheck. And I'm Lisa Popcheck. And you're listening to the best of More to Life. Today, under attack. Are you tired of dealing with antagonistic people in your life? Fed up with feeling attacked? We'll help you get the break you're looking for. Give us a call at 877-573-7825. Everyone says they want to have a great marriage and family and personal life. Well, the theology of the body reveals how you can actually achieve it. More to life. The happiest couples know how to say I do to each other every moment of every day. Surprising. Relevant. Hopeful. Angela, let's not just settle for stopping your son's behavior. Exactly. Let's talk about the kind of young man you want to raise. Practical. Theology of the body-based answers for every part of your life. God's original blueprint didn't include depression and anxiety. Yeah, that's a human invention. God wants to set you free. Let's talk about making that happen. The life you were meant to live through the theology of the body. More to life. Good morning, everyone. You are listening to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. I'm Lisa Popchak. And today on More to Life, under attack. Are you tired of dealing with the antagonistic people in your life? Are you fed up with feeling attacked? We want to help you get the break you're looking for. Give us a call at 877-573-7825. You know, the reality is all of us have somebody in our life who is a little hostile or antagonistic, uh, just either in general or specifically toward us. Someone who reacts defensively to to everything we say. That person who can't be pleased or always has a chip on their shoulder. If you're having a hard time knowing what to do or say when they lash out or, better yet, to stop them from lashing out, Mm. give us a call. We want to help. 877-573-7825. Again, that number is 877-573-7825. Well, I think it's important to realize that, yes, some people lash out quite overtly, and it can just... It can just stop us in our tracks. It can be frightening. It can be um, something that makes us feel like we're not up to handling them because it is so overt and sometimes so so surprising. But dealing with antagonistic people isn't always something that seems like an attack. It can be those little barbs, those snide comments, those little put-downs that just make you feel like you can't keep up with them or they think that you're somehow beneath them or that ridicule you in some way, either privately or in front of other people or are just subtle enough that it drains your energy. It makes you feel like you're not quite sure what's reality and what's not. And just not sure what to do about it. You know, as children of God, we deserve to be treated with dignity and respect and care. And yet there are some people who are going to cross those boundaries and just not treat us well. And we're not supposed to just sit there and tolerate it. Now, we also don't want to explode and become just like them. So what do you do in the face of all that? That's what we're here to talk about today with you. Give us a call with what's going on in your life at 877-573-7825. That's 
7825. Again, the show is titled Under Attack as we talk about having to deal with those antagonistic people in our life. If you're fed up with feeling attacked and you're not sure what to do, let us help. 877-573-7825. Every day on More to Life, we take a look at the topic of the day through the lens of St. John Paul's Theology of the Body. Now, for folks who aren't aware of what that is, St. John Paul gave a series of reflections over the course of about five years that enabled us to see how the Gospels and really all of salvation history reveal God's plan for living a more abundant life and having healthier, holier relationships. The theology of the body reminds us that every person has dignity and deserves to be treated with love including the people who we experience as antagonistic or unsupportive. But the theology of the body also reminds us that loving people doesn't mean letting them treat us however they want. Loving someone means working for their good. We aren't working for another person's good if we allow them to demean themselves by behaving in a cruel, abusive, disrespectful antagonistic or unkind manner. We can't just do whatever comes naturally, whether that means avoiding conflict or inflaming it. Instead, when we feel attacked, we have to ask God to help us make a response that serves the ultimate good of everyone involved. You know, thinking about it, Jesus modeled two ways of confronting abusive behavior. You know, sometimes when he was clear about the greater good being served, for instance, the salvation of of humankind, he patiently bore those wrongs that were committed against him. But other times, when the greater good required it, for instance, when the Pharisees intentionally tried to twist his meanings or confuse his message or undermine his mission, he confronted them. And like our Lord, we always have to respond to antagonistic people with the greater good in mind. Rather than simply reacting, we've got to bring our emotions to God and ask him to teach us how to respond in a manner that will glorify him, help us be our best selves, and lovingly challenge the antagonistic person to be better. You know, and sometimes that's going to require us giving that other person the space they need to self-correct. Other times it's going to mean being more direct in some way. But with prayer and practice, we can learn to deal gracefully with even the most antagonistic, unsupportive people. Now, that might sound great on paper, but um, you know, when it comes to actually living it out, that's where things get complicated. So if you are dealing with an antagonistic person in your life, someone who reacts defensively to the things you say, someone who seems like they can never be pleased or always has a chip on their shoulder, If you're having a hard time knowing what to do or say, regardless of who that person is, whether that's your spouse, your kids, I I, I see teens or adult kids, Mm. um, or your your parents for that matter, your elderly parents, um, co-worker, employer. Oh, isn't that a horrible thing to have to go to work and handle every single day? A frenemy? You name it. We're here to help. We're here to help. If there's some antagonist, let's talk it out. 877 Five seven three seven eight two five. Again, that's eight seven seven five seven three seventy eight twenty five. Let's take our concerns to the Lord, and then we'll start taking your calls in the name of the, the Father, Father and, the and the Son and the, Son, and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, 
We come into your presence and we bring to you all those people we find to be antagonistic and, and kind of hostile and defensive. Lord, sometimes these people can be close to us and, and even important to us. And the relationships can be really painful because we want to have good relationships with these people, but they seem so prickly, so defensive, so on edge. And it's hard to know how to deal gracefully with those individuals. Lord, give us the grace and the wisdom to know how to respond in ways to that antagonism that glorify you, that help us be our best selves, and call the other person to be better as well. Help us to know when we need to bear those wrongs patiently and give the other person the space they need to self-correct, and when we need to admonish the other person so that they can remember who they really are in you and work harder to be better. In every situation, give us the grace that we need to be instruments of grace and change so that in all of our relationships we can build up the body of Christ. We ask all of this through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary and in the name of the, the Father, Father and the, the Son, Son and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Pope St. John Paul the Great. Pray for us. Today on More to Life, our show is your attack as we talk about dealing with the antagonistic people in your life. If you're fed up with feeling attacked, we want to help you get the break you're looking for. Give us a call at 877-573-7825. That's 877-573-7825. Let's talk it out together. We'll give you graceful ways to respond effectively to those antagonistic people in your life. Let's talk now with Sam, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Minnesota. Hi there, Sam. Welcome to More to Life. What can we do for you today? Good morning. Well, I thank you for taking my call. Sure. For me, uh, just uh, always on time with your message, but the curiosity being on my faith journey here, I'm trying to work on also amending a relationship um, with the woman I have a child with. Oh, wow. So what's going so on, Sam? To... That's so rough when you have to deal with somebody who you share a child with, but the relationship hasn't worked out. What's going on for you guys? Well, what's going on for us? We're working on things. We've both been back to the church. We're getting our child into the church, um, and we're trying to do some couples counseling as well as hopefully okay. our personal work. And uh, it's just been a struggle there. I feel the faith journey and the spiritual growth has been intense and immense personally, but it's not necessarily bringing maybe the fruit to the relationship that we would hope for or pray for. So can you give me an example of yeah. something that... Uh Oh, example to you because you didn't reach out to me I'm not gonna do this well, defensive because you were defensive first it's always this I feel like there's a lot of fear and there's a lot of hurt and it becomes a wall you know so saying that say that I mean with the love of each other and the love of God can break this down but it's always this not maybe taking accountability we're both trying we need you know two need to each take their accountability Okay. But how to do that through a life of prayer and holiness without putting each other's wants first before yeah. God's will. No, I get it. Um, so, so a couple of thoughts. Right. Um, first, whenever you get into these situations, um, I want you in your faith journey. I, I want you to start by praying together about this. You know, Lord. You know, we're we're struggling with this particular situation. 
you know, she knows what she wants, I know what I want, but help us to really figure out what you want for us and how to respond to that in a way that will glorify you and help us both be our best selves. And, and here's the important thing, Sam, and really be there for each other while we're figuring this out together. Help us to not react to each other or be defensive with each other. Help us to take care of each other in this. Now, the second thing I want you to do, and you're going to have to be a little bit firm about this, okay? Because in order to have an effective conversation with anybody, both people have to be in a place where, where they can say, you know, I could have handled this better. They don't have to take 100% responsibility for the problem. And you can let her know this, but you, you, you need to say to her, look, you and I want to work this out with you, but we're not ready to have a con. I, and I'm, I'm prepared to come to you and say, you know, look, I could have handled this better or that better. But, but in order for us to have an effective conversation, I need you to be able to do the same. And until you can get to that place, we, we can't have this discussion. So we can keep praying about it, and I'm going to keep being here for you, but I can't have this conversation if you're not ready to, to, to acknowledge what you, even a, the smallest thing you could have done better or differently. Because, you know, Sam, the, if she's not in a place where she can do that, then her logical brain isn't online yet. Her emotional brain is still in charge, and anything you say can and will be used against you. Like, even if it's the kindest thing, even if it's the most loving thing, she's going to be too reactive to respond in any kind of productive way. And so you need to lovingly but firmly hold that line, right? Um, and, you know, just keep bringing it back to, like, we can keep praying through it, and I will be here for you, but we can't move this conversation forward until you're in a place where, where you can at least take some responsibility for what you could have done a little differently, too. You know, I, and, and Sam, you know, same message to you, right? But that, that it's important to be able to come back to a conversation calm enough and with enough care and empathy for the other person to be able to say, you know what? Yes, I was hurt when you did thus and such, but that didn't give me the right to do this and that, right? Um, you know, so you, you, can handle, you can handle the situation that way in a more assertive but proactive way. Um, we talk more about this, actually, you know, since you're trying to work on the relationship in, in, my, in, in our book, excuse me, How to Heal Your Marriage and Nurture Lasting Love. Um, I realize that you're not married, but you're working toward that relationship and you're trying to be co-parents with your child. And I think that there are a lot of good things in this book that will be uh, helpful to you in addition to the counseling you're already receiving. Sam, thank you so much for the call, and if there's more we can do to support you, don't hesitate to reach out to us here or at catholiccounselors.com. Again, the name of the book, How to Heal Your Marriage and Nurture Lasting Love. But but the, the twofold process here, since you're both working on your faith, first, you've got to bring all those, all those disagreements, all those conversations and conflicts to God and ask Him to be the mediator and ask Him to give you the grace to take care of each other while you're figuring out what His will is for your relationship. And then secondly you got to draw that firm line where you can say, you know, I love you and I want to work this out with you and I'm ready to talk about what I could have done differently, but I can't have that conversation with you until you're ready to come back to me too with some sense of, of, of no matter how boneheaded I was or how frustrated you were with me or how upset you were, that there's got to be something you can say you, you could have handled differently. And when, we're, when we can do that both, we can start the next step in this discussion. Thanks for the call, Sam. 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877-573-7825. Let's talk it out and find some graceful ways to manage those challenges. Again, the number is 
888-627-7825. When we come back, in addition to taking your calls, we'll be joined by Jacob Flores Popchak. He'll be sharing some other insights from Theology of the Body and Counseling on how to deal gracefully with those antagonistic people in your life. Let's talk it out together when More to Life continues after the break. This program is brought to you in part by Charity Mobile, a proud partner of Ave Maria Radio for over 15 years. Charity Mobile is the pro-life cell phone company and has sent nearly $2 million to thousands of pro-life charities. 4G LTE coverage is available nationwide, and 5% of your monthly plan price goes to your favorite pro-life charity. A video introduction is available at CharityMobile.com. Charity Mobile, everyday living, effortless giving. CharityMobile.com. Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot? Investing in passive index mutual funds may present the same issue. The Ave Maria mutual funds are actively managed by seasoned investment professionals to help you meet your investment goals in a morally responsible way. Ave Maria funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors could invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual funds. You can learn more about the Ave Maria mutual funds at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. Hello, Steve Ray here. Everything in the Bible and in the Catholic Church starts with the book of Genesis. It reveals to us God's plan for mankind. Yet Genesis can be daunting, especially given the scientific discoveries of the last few centuries. Well, that's where I come in with my new book, Genesis, a Bible study guide and commentary. Discover a thoroughly Catholic approach to this exciting and dramatic ancient narrative that is so often misunderstood. You can get the book now on the store page at AveMariaRadio.net. Check it out. Hi, I'm Al Cresta. Do you remember writing your Christmas wish list as a child? In developing countries like Haiti and Guatemala, children don't make Christmas lists, and they don't expect Christmas gifts. All their parents earn must go to food, shelter, and water. Can you picture the joy of surprising a child with their first Christmas gift? Send them a box of joy at boxofjoy.org. A rosary and the story of Jesus is included in every box of joy. Give today at boxofjoy.org. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. And I'm Lisa Popchak. And you're listening to the best of More to Life. Thank you for joining us today on More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. And today our show is titled Under Attack as we talk about dealing with those antagonistic people in our life. If you're fed up with feeling attacked, if you're dealing with someone who reacts defensively to everything you say, someone who can't be pleased or always seems to have a chip on their shoulder. We want to help you deal with those folks and diffuse that tension. Better yet, prevent it from happening again. 877-573-7825. Again, that number is 877-573-7825. Joining us right now, Jacob Flores Popchak. He is a pastoral counselor with CatholicCounselors.com. He's also the co-host with Father Gabriel Toretta of the Faith, Arts, and Culture podcast, Created Things. Jacob, welcome to More to Life. What do you, what, what do you mean by that? Why are you attacking me? <laughs> That's a great way to start the segment. Yeah, when you're dealing with people who are defensive and antagonistic, what are some things that you share with your clients uh, about dealing with those kinds of people in their lives? So the, the nuance that I often encounter, right, is that a lot of the advice you're going to see in books and online about dealing with very antagonistic people, there are all these kind of assertiveness skills that are really, really, really helpful um, until, of course, the antagonistic person starts to use their own woundedness 
as an excuse for how they're treating you. And, and that's the point at which a lot of the assertiveness skills that I do recommend people look at start to falter a little bit only because the person using them is going to start to feel like, well, maybe I'm the bully because I'm picking on so-and-so who has this wound. So, you know, maybe you're fighting with your spouse and your spouse says, well, I struggle with, with body image and, and so, you know, so you're being mean or you're not listening to my feelings because of this or I had a really bad relationship with my dad, so of course I'm going to talk to you this way. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and suddenly I feel like I'm the jerk because I'm using assertiveness skills and saying, hey, you can't talk to me like that. And I'm wondering, well, maybe I'm actually the problem here. For that, what I always recommend is just kind of a, a stepping back and a sort of a systemic approach to woundedness in relationship, which is that a person's wounds are always allowed to be context for their behavior but never an excuse for their behavior. And, and very simply what I mean by that is if I say to you, hey, I had a really tough relationship with my gym coach growing up and you just triggered that, you know, and we want to talk together about a plan for me to deal with those feelings better the next time they get triggered or ways for you to more respectfully deal with me in the future so we can collaborate, that's great. But if I'm just saying, hey, I had this tough relationship with my gym coach, so therefore you have to accept the way I want to treat you according to my depressed, miserable, anxious whim, that's not okay. And it's not okay for precisely the reasons you guys have been describing today, but not only does it not respect the other person, but it actually doesn't respect me. It doesn't respect the person who is suffering from that wound because it's, it's letting me continue to kind of suffer in my woundedness, which isn't a place where God's grace can reach me. So we really want to be able to use this, hey, everybody's wound is context, but never an excuse kind of model in order to make sure that everybody's dignity is best served. Yeah, so in a sense, it's sort of the, the idea here that, that there's a difference between an explanation and an excuse. You know, being able to say, look, this, this, is, this is why I tend to respond the way I do is not the same thing as saying, and so therefore you just have to put up with it. It's, it's, it allows me to be able, to, on the one hand, to say, you know, this is where it comes from. But on the other hand, for us to work together to heal that wound and to be a positive influence in each other's lives as, you know, you, the person that I attacked, you know, help me heal that while I learn to respond more effectively to, to your needs and concerns. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, I hear this all the time. Oh, that wasn't how I was raised. So therefore I just struggle with this. Well, you know, we all come in with deficits. If you came in, you know, not knowing how to use a fork, you wouldn't say, well, I wasn't raised not knowing how to use a fork, so you just got to deal with me eating with my hands. No, you, you say, <laughs> can you help me learn how to use a fork, right? I mean, let's, let's view emotional skills as skills, that is to say, things that we actually are capable of learning with systems and with loving people who are there to support us, not as, you know, things that are impossible to rise to the occasion of, so you might as well just deal with me as I am. Well, I think I think that's a brilliant analogy and is really going to help quite a, a number of people who are listening to you today. What do you say to the people who are in relationship with folks who will use those kinds of excuses, but it does trigger in them, oh, then I'm the bad person for calling them on to something, or, oh, that triggers my problems, and so therefore I don't know how to stand up to this person. Any advice for somebody who feels cowed by hearing that kind of information yeah, I from mean, somebody? Yeah, I mean, you're feeling... It- if you're feeling counter-triggered by that and it's bringing up your wounds, 
now we've got two little babies fighting with each other and, and nobody's going to get out of this situation clean. So that's the time to really take those kinds of hard breaks with a scheduled return time that you guys so often talk about being able to say, Hey, obviously honey, you and I are not dealing well with each other. And, and by the way, I say, you know, honey, because I'm assuming that a lot of these are going to be you're fighting with your spouse, but this can be with your kid. This can be with your parent. This can be with your friend. You know, hey, it can be anybody. And I want to be clear, when you say two babies, it's because you're not being rude. You're saying your brains have both gone to such a childlike place that you can't get anywhere together until you've gotten back online. Thank you. Thank you for clarifying that. Yeah, I mean, I'm assuming that when we're saying trigger, that's taking you back to some kind of place in your adolescent or childhood. And you're now thinking with that like childlike brain and you're not going to be able to solve this problem. So you want to take a break at that point with a scheduled return time, not just, oh, I can't talk about this right now, but, hey, honey, let's go calm down, and I will talk to you at 3 p.m. about this. Now we've got a, a certain window by which we have promised to keep ourselves accountable to calming down, and then we're going to go and take that break. But also, just going back to your initial question, remembering that, hey, you know what, I am actually serving this person's good when I work to be a catalyst for their healing from this wound. I'm not being a bully by trying to help them. I'm not being cruel by trying to heal them. I am doing actually the job I promised to do when I said I love you to them in the first place. Jacob Flores Popchick, thank you so much for being with us. Great insights, and I hope that our listeners will take them to heart. If folks would like to learn more about Jacob's work, you can come over to catholiccounselors.com. And also don't forget to check out his podcast with Father Gabriel Toretta, a faith, arts, and culture podcast, Created Things. Thanks for being with us today, sir. I wish you'd stop attacking me. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) He just hung up on me. Uh, well, very illustrative of what we can all go through when we have somebody who's antagonistic towards us. And if anything that Jacob Flores Popchek was talking about sounded familiar, we're here for you today on More to Life. Give us a call at 877-573-7825. If you're dealing with an antagonistic person in your life, someone who reacts defensively to, well, seems like almost everything you say, someone who can't be pleased or you feel like they always have a chip on their shoulder maybe you're having a hard time knowing what to do or say when they lash out and you're hearing all this stuff and you're thinking yeah that sounds great but but you don't know this person well give us a call we'll talk it out at 877-573-7825 again that number is 877-573-7825 we're going to help you deal gracefully with all those antagonistic people in your life. More to life will continue with your questions coming up right after the break. 877-573-7825. While Mary's not mentioned as often as Moses, not mentioned as often as Peter or Paul, her role in scripture is even more significant. She's absolutely unique. There are many prophets, there are many apostles, but there's only one God-bearer. There are a lot of people who proclaim the Word of God. There's only one woman who bore the Word of God quite literally within her. She's utterly unique in that she literally transmits the Word of God to the world. So when the Word of God wanted to take on human flesh, whose human flesh did he choose? It was Mary's. She donated out of her own life substance the flesh of Jesus. The body prepared for Christ is taken from the Blessed Mother. Nobody else in salvation history occupies such a role. 
Cresta in the Afternoon, weekdays at 4 Eastern on EWTN Radio. Father Benedict Groeschel. I usually am operating on the gifts of the Holy Spirit when I don't feel well, even when I'm annoyed, when I'm down and out. During my recovery from the automobile accident, immense numbers of people wrote to me and sent me emails, 50,000. And they told me how helpful they thought my talks on EWTN were to them. I'm delighted, but I want you to know I'm nobody's fool. The talks that were helpful, the sentences that were helpful, the phrases that were helpful came from the Holy Spirit. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. And the styrofoam packaging came from me. I did that. And styrofoam doesn't amount to very much. EWTN. Live Truth. Live Catholic. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. And I'm Lisa Popchak. And you're listening to the best of More to Life. Hi, I'm Dr. About Scripture again and again. We hear that we're to not be afraid, that we must trust in the Lord and be confident in God's providence, deliverance, mercy, and constant care. As theologian Hans Urs von Balthasar once observed, quote, when one surveys even from a distance how often and how openly sacred Scripture speaks of fear and anxiety, an initial conclusion presents itself. The Word of God is not afraid of fear or anxiety, end quote. What a powerful observation. When we feel anxious, God wants us to wrap ourselves in His grace. But sometimes that's easier said than done. A good place to start is to take a moment to remind yourself of all the other times when you were sure you were doomed, but God came through. Allow yourself to relive the relief you felt in those past moments. Then praise God for His past faithfulness and ask for the grace to remember that He is still as faithful now as He was then. To learn more tips for overcoming anxiety, check out my book, Unworried, or visit CatholicCounselors.com. Thank you for joining us today on More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak, and today our show is titled Under Attack, as we talk about dealing with the antagonistic people in our lives. If we're feeling attacked... If you're feeling like you have to deal with somebody who reacts defensively to almost everything you say, someone who maybe can't be pleased or always has a chip on their shoulder, I know you're getting a picture in your head right now. <laughs> Call up and that talk person. about that person, about how we can work together, you and you and us, to, to find ways to respond gracefully to that person, to heal that relationship and find ways to... Get along gracefully. 877-573-7825. But as we go to your calls today, we just want to take a moment and say congratulations to two of our longtime Texas members of the EWTN radio family. Sacred Heart Radio in Plainview is celebrating their 19th year with us this week. And St. Valentine Radio in Amarillo marks 17 years with EWTN, with four stations in English and Spanish. Congratulations to Father, Jar, uh, Father George Poonley in Plainview, and Dale and Kathy Artho in Amarillo, from your friends at EWTN. God bless you guys. Thanks so much for all the great work you're doing for God's kingdom by keeping Catholic Radio on the air. And listeners... 
Just a reminder to make sure that you're supporting your local Catholic radio station. Yes, please, because we're always here to help you with all those spiritual and temporal things that you're going through, because nothing is away from God's grace, and we want to be able to be here for you every hour on the stations you're listening to, so make sure you support them. Right now, we're here for you on More to Life at 877-573-7825. That's 877-573-7825. If you need some help dealing with those antagonistic people in your life, those people who either subtly or very overtly make you feel attacked, put you on the defensive, and you're not quite sure what to do, well, start by giving us a call today, 877-573-7825. Let's talk now with Mary, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Georgia on 1160 AM, The Quest. Hey, Mary. Welcome to More to Life. What's going on? Oh, well, thank you so much for taking my call. Um, mm-hmm. It's not, it's, it is a personal problem of mine because it involves my husband and his sister, okay. my sister-in-law, and it's been several years now that they have been in a very antagonistic relationship. They still communicate, but very, very little, and it's, you know, like a lot of family problems, it's not just isolated to them. It's affecting their parents and our children and... um I just, I want to help my husband move forward with this in some positive direction, some productive way. Okay, so, so you know, obviously the, the, the only way to help here really is, is to, I'm guessing, because you don't have much of a relationship with your sister-in-law, right? No, unfortunately. Okay. Okay, so the only way to really help is to is to be coaching, you know, your husband and you guys praying together about how to respond better to her. So, so what is it about, you know, kind of his side of things that uh, that that maybe you'd like to see him responding better about? Well, I think they're having a hard time understanding one another. She is in a marriage um, where she and her husband chose not to have children, mm-hmm. and I mean, I think it was mostly her husband. And we have five children, mm-hmm. and we, um, you know, I think there was just a little bit of um, sadness from his sister about that, and she has, um, it's hard for her, it was hard for her to be around us, um, and then when their parents, their father got sick, and there was a lot of tension and stress. Mm. about how to take care of him, things kind of fell apart. And um, my husband was uh, really upset because he thought his sister would should have more time to help with this um, because he was starting his own business and he had this large young family and all that. And so that's really the crux of it, I think. But um, they're both, they just are just kind of being so, stubborn about it. So the, so the thing I would suggest to you, because you know, when, when we get, you know, when we get upset about something, we just start reacting to the offense that's immediately in front of us, um, without respect for the bigger picture. And and the thing that would be the most important thing I think you can do for your husband is is to ask him, what's your goal here? You know, when when if you could if you could make anything happen in the relationship right now, you know, or even in this next conversation you have with her. What is it that you want to have come out of it? Okay, step two, 
how do you need to act to get there? Do you think that the way you're approaching her is going to, is going to serve your goal? Because that's the thing. You know, when, when, when we get upset about something, we, we stop thinking about what the goal is. We stop thinking about what, what our need is. We stop thinking about, you know, is my behavior actually serving my needs and my goals here? And we just start thinking about what's the next snarky thing I should say to just shut her up. Or and it's the next snarky thing. It's also carrying around the entire past history and and reliving it almost as though it's in real time when i was hurting they said this and made me hurt more when i was going through that they had this expectation and how dare they and it could be five minutes ago it could be 80 years ago and we're living it like it's right now and we're living at that level of heightened emotion so we can't think we can't think of what our goal is and we also are completely blindsiding the other person because they don't know we're stuck in a moment in history like it's happening in the moment now and so it's very hard to stay on that goal kind of mindset you know so you can empathize with your husband you can say you know what i get it i understand how you know you feel betrayed by her you feel let down by her you feel like you know she's been resentful of us and that she wasn't there for you when you needed her i understand all of that and it's really awful i wish you had a better relationship with your sister but help me understand husband you know what's your goal the next time you talk to her you know how what do you want you want to come off the phone with what and then, and then, secondly, what do you need? What do you think you need to do to try to get there? Because I, I need you to focus on that. Because just doing more of the same thing that you've always done is going to get you the get get you either the same as you always got or in a worse place. So, what's your goal? What do you think you need to do to try to move it there? If you had them, if you if it had to be entirely up to you to make that happen, what would you need to do? How would you need to talk to her? What would you need to say? How, how would you need to respond differently? So that not for her sake but so that you would have a better chance of actually getting your needs met or getting your goal met. And that's really the best we can do for, you know, when we're trying to help someone we care about, um, do, and I, you know, get, handle somebody else more effectively. I mean, you know, as a counselor, I do this all the time, right? You know, people will come and they'll complain to me about somebody, and, and I, you know, I, I really do care, uh, and I really do feel for the pain that they've been through. Um, but, but when push comes to shove... You know, I have to kind of say, well, you know, all that pain aside, what do you want? And how can I help you get it? You know, what do you need to do to 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 respond more effectively so that you can actually get that need met instead of just continuing to sit in the pain? Well, that's what's going to heal us, right? When we can move to the what do I need, then we feel effective, we he- we feel heard, and we can start to heal that relationship because we're no longer stuck, as, as Jacob Flores Popcheck was talking about earlier in his segment, in that childlike place of feeling disempowered and wounded. Suddenly we're like, oh, we're adults. We can come up with a goal that we can then have power in to achieve. And it takes us out of reliving that history and that pain. And we can become to adult healing even a troubled history with each other so it gives us real hope for for the future and it calls the holy spirit into the moment because god is a god of the present 
And when we can allow ourselves to be in the present and work together on something, God can truly move powerfully in that relationship, especially if we invite him into that situation with us in the moment. Mary, if there's more we can do for you once you've had this conversation with your husband. Uh, and, and, I, and again, it's not going to be just one conversation, but really every time he's going to talk to his sister, uh, you know, it's best to just sort of ask that question again. Okay, that's, that's great, but what's your goal? And what do you think you need to do to try to move toward that? Um, but, you know, if you've had those conversations and you still need some more coaching, don't hesitate to reach out to us again. We'd be happy to help here on the program. 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877-573-7825. With that, let's take our next caller. Lisa, who's up? Let's talk with Melanie, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Louisiana. Hi, Melanie. Welcome to Word of Life. What's going on? Hello. Hi, Melanie. Hi. What's up? Hi, this is Melanie. Um... I have a similar situation, and I'm two years older than my baby brother. I'm 62, he's 60. I've converted to Catholicism when I was 19, and I have lived, you know, a very happy life uh, as a Catholic Christian. My problem is my brother always blames me for everything that goes wrong in his life. He's morbidly obese. He's never owned a home. He's had three children by two different women, has no relationship with anyone, and he belittles me every time he gets a chance. Now, do you two live together? How often do you have to tolerate this? Hardly. I mean, when he comes into town, he lives in a truck. He is an over-the-road trucker, Mm -hmm. and when he has to see a doctor or, you know, the the phone will ring at, you know, 9 o'clock at night, can you take me to my doctor? sure, I'll help you, you know, and, and I try to help him. I try not to, you know, I've turned the cheeks so many times Mm -hmm. and I am just at the point that I am worn out and it's, it happened again two weeks ago, you know, and he's, I think a lot of his anger was my mother died suddenly, our mother died suddenly and I was there and he wasn't. Have you, well, and have you ever, have you ever kind of said look um i i love you and and i've wanted to be here for you but i can't take the abuse anymore and uh you know i I need you to start behaving more respectfully or i'm not going to be able to to help you the way i've been able to help you oh yeah this is this has been going on for you know 35 40 years and so what happens disappear for two years and he shows back up and i'm thinking oh melanie give him a chance Oh well, no. Yeah, that's where that's where you got to change your your perspective here. Because when you tell somebody, "Hey, this is what I need for us to be able to continue a healthy relationship," and then you just let it slide, you're giving the wrong message. Yeah, you're not time time, time doesn't do anything. And people say time heals all wounds. It it mm-hmm. doesn't really. It scabs them over, but they're still. It can <laughs> heal in terms of like. So let's say it was the thing about your mother. If he came back to you two years later. And said, oh, Melanie, you know, I was grieving so hard, and I am so sorry that I took it out on you, and I'm never going to let that happen again. And then he tries to communicate with you, and it's all healthy communication. That's fine. But if he just comes back in, ignores it, and starts right back up, then you hold that limit that you set. Now, I'm not suggesting you don't help your brother. What I am saying, though, is if you say something to him, and he disappears for two years and comes back in the town and says, hey, I've got a doctor's appointment tomorrow, can you take me? It's okay to say to him, I would love to do that for you. I I really, you know, you're my brother, I love you, and I want to help you. Um, But first, 
you know, in every in the past, whenever I do help you, you run me down, you antagonize me, you attack me, you never apologize for it and take and don't take responsibility for it. I need to know that you're sorry for it and you're going to watch that and not do it again this time if I help you. Do you think you can do that? And if he says, you know what, Melanie, I'm sorry, you know, you're right, I have been, that's not, you know, then go, yeah, go help him. If he blows up and says, well, heck with you, with some kind of Christian, you are throwing that all up in my face, I thought you should be forgiving, and, and well, that's nonsense. He's not taking any responsibility for himself. He's a grown-up and get himself to the doctor. Yeah. You know, get an Uber. You know, I mean, so, so it, it, it's, it, it, and here's the thing. This isn't just taking care of you, all right? I want to be clear about this. This is what we were talking about, you know, what Jacob was talking about in his segment. You know, your, your brother has all kinds of wounds. Okay, fine. That's not that's a, that's an explanation, not an excuse. And 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 by by ask say by saying to him, look, I need you to take some responsibility for this, and I need you to promise me that if I help you, that you're not going to attack me, you're not going to antagonize me, you're not going to be mean to me, because I'm just worn out and and it's just too hard. You doing that is actually working for his good because it challenges him to take some responsibility in his life and to and to work to heal. Now he might not accept that invitation. And if he doesn't, that's okay. That's on him. You've given him the invitation to be a better person and to work with you to have a closer relationship. That's all you can do, right? If he, if he accepts that, great. Then you guys can draw a little bit closer. You can help him. He can, he can you know, be kinder to you, and you can you know, build on that. But just doing the same thing over and over again um, you know, and allowing him to continue behaving the way he is isn't good for either of you, right? So, so again, I'm not saying don't help him. I'm saying insist that he recognize that when you help him he behaves horribly and you need him to not do that this time before you're willing to help him that's what's ultimately working for everybody's good in this situation we talk more about this in god help me these people are driving me nuts making peace with difficult people you can check that out at catholiccounselors.com it's a book about setting boundaries that that allow you to be generous to others but but protect you from the drama of unhealthy relationships check it out for more tips again that's god help me these people are driving me nuts making peace with difficult people it's available at catholiccounselors.com we have to go to break but as we do it's time for our scripture of the day which comes to us from first thessalonians chapter 5 verse 15 see that no one repays anyone evil for evil but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone i want to i want to just bring something out here because when we read the scripture we we think that you know when, when we hear you know, saint paul saying see that no one repays anyone evil for evil what we what we interpret that as don't be mean to people that's right but you have to look don't at the do, context don't do anything thing. that would be perceived as mean that that's not what this means the second part clarifies it but always seek to do good for one another right so in the situation for example with the, our last caller um to do good for her brother is not just to do what he asks her to do, but also to say, hey, you know, this behavior is beneath you, and I love you, and if I'm going to come help you, I need you to try a little harder to be kind and good. That's working for his good. It's actually evil to not do that, because, that, because evil is not working for someone's good. That's what evil is. It's not, it's not you know, cavorting with Satan in some back alley, you know, being mean to people. It's, it's refusing to work for people's good. 
that's what evil is. And so when you when you don't work for somebody else's good, even if they don't like you doing it, <laughs> you're not doing what God is asking you to do or what St. Paul's talking about here. Well, and it's it's absolutely what the theology of the body highlights in the gospel message is that we are called to work for the ultimate good of the other people that God allows to be in our lives. And if we don't we're really neglecting our baptismal mission to be prophets in their lives. So we need to ask God for the courage to truly work for the good of the other in a way that's as effective as we can possibly be, but with his grace as well. So again, 1 Thessalonians 5.15 See that no one repays anyone evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. Doing good is not just being nice or passive or letting people get away with things so there's no conflict. It's actively working for their greater good. 877-573-7825. We're continuing to take your calls about dealing with those antagonistic people in your life on our show titled Under Attack. 877-573-7825. We'll continue with your calls when we come back from the break. Hi, I'm Al Cresta. Do you remember writing your Christmas wish list as a child? In developing countries like Haiti and Guatemala, children don't make Christmas lists, and they don't expect Christmas gifts. All their parents earn must go to food, shelter, and water. Can you picture the joy of surprising a child with their first Christmas gift? Send them a box of joy at boxofjoy.org. A rosary and the story of Jesus is included in every box of joy. Give today at boxofjoy.org. The Wisdom of Mother Angelica. Have you ever been so grief-stricken and so heart-sick that you can't see God? You can't see God in the tragedy. You can't see God in that cross. You can't see God in that sick. Why? You're enveloped in that grief. You're enveloped in fear. And God is out the window. You don't see him standing right next to you. EWTN. Live Truth. Live Catholic. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. And I'm Lisa Popchak from More to Life. Would you like to have a better family life by Christmas? Join us Monday, December 4th at 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 Central, for our free webinar, A More Peaceful Family by Christmas, A Catholic Parent's Guide to Advent. In Advent, we're called to make more room in our hearts and homes for Christ. Discover how the grace of Advent can help you celebrate the loving, faithful family life God wants for you. And it's free. Just register at catholichom.com slash webinar. That's catholichom.com slash webinar. See you there. This program is brought to you by the following nonprofit underwriter. Finding health care for yourself and your family can be isolating and confusing. That's why the Catholic Health Alternative, CMF Curo, is offering Christ-centered health sharing for individuals and families, along with new wellness services to help heal and restore your whole person, spirit, mind, and body. Visit cmfcuro.com to find out more. That's cmfcuro.com, where you can experience Christ's healing love in your health and wellness. Want more tips for living a more joyful, abundant life through the gift of the theology of the body? Well, and follow us on Facebook at More to Life with Dr. Greg and Lisa, and on Twitter and Instagram at Catholic Counselors. We'll see you there. Welcome back to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak, and today on More to Life, we're talking about Feeling under attack and dealing with those antagonistic people in your life. Let's talk now with Richard, who's listening to EWTN Radio in North Dakota. Richard, welcome to More to Life. What can we do for you? 
Thank you. Um, I just, I'm looking for where to start. Um, I, this is a pattern in our marriage that has repeated so many times over the years. And, you know, it doesn't mean that I have never caused my wife pain or suffering. But just like yesterday, um, we had a situation that she misread and then she's attacking me and I'm, I'm kind of surprised by it. And, and then it's very emotional. Um, and I don't need to necessarily describe what she said to me, but it was very hurtful. And, and she doesn't accept any sort of accountability for it. Um, she doesn't, she doesn't really want to even heal it. It's just, she just wants to be angry at me. And how long, when this happens, not like this time, but you say this is a pattern, how long, how does it eventually get resolved? Um, well, that's a good question. I guess, I don't know that it ever does. It just seems like it either it just goes, goes away. away. I mean, or, or like you let time pass. Like she said, like yesterday we got to a point where I thought, oh, well, maybe she'll apologize. I'm like, I said, I told her, you don't even apologize for how you say things and what you do. And she's like, oh, well, you know, um, I did say that um, I maybe shouldn't have done that, but it's not even an apology. It's like it, those are weasel words, like, and you can call her out on that. Yeah. Look, because you know, so Richard, I, I think you, you need to. You're going to need to be a little strong and you know, gentle and loving, but strong in the face of this. And and the reason that this does this just goes away is that she's really good at weaseling out of an apology. She's really good at weaseling out of taking responsibility for her behavior. Uh, and you can't let that happen anymore. Now you might need counseling. You, you asked our screener if, if if you think if we think you might need some counseling. And yes, I think that that might be indicated. But start here. Like so be saying to her, look, honey, I I love you, and I understand that you misunderstood what I was trying to say. And I and I'm sorry if I didn't art- articulate myself well or write the email well or or whatever. Um, but that doesn't excuse the way you've been treating me. And I need you to apologize for that. And now if she says anything other than you know, I'm really sorry, Richard. That what you need to double down, you need to do is double down. Okay, at that point, and say, listen, I, I'm saying to you, that you, you're be, no matter how hurt you were, you had no right to treat me the way you do, and I need you to take responsibility for that, apologize for it, and work with me to figure out how we're going to handle this differently in the future, because I'm not letting this go. Now, you use a very kind but very firm voice on this, and you don't let it go. And if it blows up and she goes away, and then she comes back 10 hours later, you say right away, I'm so glad you're back. I love you, and I hope that you're in a better place, but I still need that apology, and I still need to talk through how we're going to handle things differently, because I cannot ever go through this again with you. And, and if you, you have to do that, that line, several seven. times till she finally realizes that you've changed this pattern and you're not going to relent, you keep doing that. I literally had a client, this was the only thing she said to her husband for a month. It took that long. That's a rare thing, but you did have that one <laughs> but when she, fi- But she held the line. And when he finally, he finally got around to the point where he said, fine, you're right, and I'm sorry. And that sh- that that was the that was the, the shift, moment that shifted yeah. everything in the relationship. That's you have to be willing to take this to the ridiculous end, because she's learned over however many years that she can get out of it just by blowing up and then just hoping that you'll get tired of the fight. You can't get tired of working for her good in this situation. And if you get tired of it, then you need to get some counseling to learn how to be able to hold that line and hold her accountable for that behavior. You love her, and 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 you, she's got a good heart. But somewhere along the line, she was really hurt where she learned that it wasn't safe to admit that she was wrong. 
you're going to have to teach her that it's safe to admit that she's wrong by loving her while not letting her off the hook. And yes, if you do need counseling to learn how to do that, then you can reach out to either a good local marriage and family therapist or contact us through the Pastoral Solutions Institute to learn more about the Pastoral Solutions Institute's Catholic telecounseling practice where we can help you learn how to live a more graceful and abundant marriage, family, or personal life. Richard, thank you so much for the call. Listeners, hope you get out there and have a blessed day. You've been listening to More to Life with Dr. Greg and Lisa Popchek. More to Life is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and is carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Dan McGraw. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net.